Welcome to the Stephen and Arjun's Football Podcast, where they discuss anything football, everything football. This podcast is brought to you by Starshot Bakery and Misuboy SG. Craving for party treats like cakes and cookies in Subang Jaya? Visit starshot.bakery on Instagram. Or would you like tiramisu in Singapore? Visit misuboy.sg on Instagram as well. Good evening, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Stephen Arden Football Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Misuboy SG and Sasha Bakery. In the last episode, we concluded the group stage by doing uh, an episode to talk about the last round of Group D, E, and F with Uday. To prep us uh, ahead of the knockout stage, we will um, we have invited Cedric back again to talk about his prediction against what turned out and, and his review of the group stages as well. And before we start, welcome back. I would like to welcome back my co-host, Arjun. Arjun, welcome back. Thanks, Stephen. It's been an exciting euro so far. <laughs> yes, definitely is. And Cedric, thank you for being so supportive and coming back to the channel as well. Yep, no worries. Thanks for having me again. Okay, so without further ado, let us start today's discussion. Um, okay, um, generally, how do you feel the group stage went, Cedric? Overall. I felt that it overall was, uh, it went according to plan. Like, uh, even if there's like some differences here or there, there's no real shocks in this tournament. Like, the first shock that really uh, happened was the, was the uh, Slovakia game, where they beat Poland. And uh, beyond that, I think the only, only shocks came from Hungary, where they're able to hold teams to a draw. But other than that, yeah, like, if you're a strong team, then you, you, you have gone through. And uh, those teams that are eliminated are, are teams that we are expected to be eliminated. There's no shocking like, oh man, Spain went out. You know, no, no shocks like that. But, but it was quite close, yeah. though. Spain were quite close. It was. Uh, uh, Germany uh, were quite, quite close, close as well. before that last match. That last match is yeah, just yeah. Slovakia. No way. Yeah. yeah for sure. Um. The the other one that was close, I would say, was Croatia. I thought Croatia would uh would be would have a draw against Scotland. But right. um, uh, they, they turned it up. Like, they, they completely revived. Like, it was almost as if they were conserving their energy. They're like, we know we're going to lose to England. So we just lose that game. And then Czech Republic will just, will just get a draw. And then they put all their energy into that Scotland game. Right. Even Germany as well. At one point, they were bottom of the group. Uh, during yes. The yeah. <laughs> and then they would be back. That would be really funny uh, if, if Germany was last again for two consecutive tournaments. Uh, yeah. But uh, that's, that's how tight Group F was. Like, yeah, at one moment, you were second. At one moment, you were last. Portugal, they were leading against France. And then they were, they were top of the group because Hungary was, was leading against uh, Germany. So that was how close it was. Uh, group F is probably my favorite group uh, in terms of the dynamics and the drama. Um, mm. But in terms of like actual entertaining matches, I would say uh, 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 Group C was my favorite because Group C, everyone, uh, everyone was kind of equal in a way. Uh, although like Netherlands was was far in the head, but like n- the other three teams didn't, uh, except for Austria in that game, um, the uh, Ukraine and North Macedonia didn't say, "Oh, you're Netherlands, so I should be scared of you." They still fought. So even like North Macedonia conceded three goals and scored none. Judging by a scoreline, you would think, "Oh, Netherlands dominated them." Actually, North Macedonia gave them a, a pretty good fight, given that you know they are they are North Macedonia. Uh, yeah. So. In terms of the actual entertainment and sites bring, uh, uh, bringing their all to the table, Group C is my favorite. But the drama and the, the unpredictability, Group F is, uh, 
uh, number one. Okay. Um, let us do a group by group review, starting with group A. Mm -hmm. uh, Cedric, yep. uh, when we started, you, started, you predicted group A top two as Italy and Switzerland. And they both yes. progress, but it's Italy and Wales. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so Wales, uh, I wouldn't say they are surprised because the thing is there are some teams that have, uh, have finished above what I expected them to finish, but it's not like they were great. It's more of like the other teams were kind of a little underwhelming. So I think the biggest uh, reason why uh, Switzerland didn't finish second is that 3-0 loss to Italy. Um, they, they really gave up in that game. I, that was very un-Switzerland-like because Switzerland is known for their organization and their structure. And for them to just mm. ship uh, three uh, goals from uh, from uh, Italy, that was that was really shocking. And to see Wales knowing that they had the full advantage of being second, they uh, they defended for their lives because like no second is a much better draw. We're gonna we're gonna lose this as tight as we can, and they did. And that's why uh, Wales are uh, have a very good chance in this tournament. They are in the easiest. I won't say it's easy because you know they are not a, exactly a strong team. Like if it was England in that position or if it was France in that position, then yeah, it would be it would be great. But um, with uh, with Wales there, I, they still stand a good chance because um, they uh, the strongest team in that quarter is uh, is Netherlands. So uh, not exactly the big powerhouse that you should be afraid of. So uh, kudos to them. They defended very well against a second string Italy. Although it was second string, it was still a very good Italy team. Um, so I uh, uh, can't dispute that, that they, that they finished second. But as, as we all know, Switzerland always do their best in the uh, group stages. So they did qualify yeah. eventually. Yeah. Uh, but this is where they, where they uh, if I can use a Malaysian term, Koya. So round 16, no matter who they face, easy opponent, hard opponent, they always go out. And uh, yeah, it, it would be wasted on them if they had an easy draw in the round 16 anyway, because they were mm. lost to that team. Yeah, so now they face um, uh, France. So yeah, <laughs> bye Switzerland. <laughs> Another interesting thing from your prediction from Group A is also that uh, you, you never believed in Turkey from the beginning. And you, you were right, although everywhere Turkey was being hyped up, even to yeah. win the process for you, uh, winning the Euros itself. But I think initially yeah. itself, you put them last in your um, prediction. And yeah, they were last. Right. Yeah, the thing is with Turkey, it wasn't like I, I uh, it wasn't like North Macedonia or like uh, Slovakia where I was just like, uh, yeah, they're definitely going to be last because everyone's just trying to beat up on them. I knew Turkey would be a fight, uh, would, would, would challenge. And, you know, if I was expecting to be wrong on anything, I, I was expecting Turkey. But, you know, to be proven right on that, I'm like, whoa, okay. Because I was expecting, like, uh, they would lose 1-0 to each team. Like, it would be that tight. They would be a team that would, that would lose all their games, but they would put up a great fight. And this was mm. very un-Turkey. Like, like I, just, mm -hmm. I just wrote something. Uh, I'm, I'm doing a ranking list of the best teams in the tournament and the worst teams. And the thing about Turkey was that they only considered three goals in the whole of qualifying. And here is, like, three goals per match, almost. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was very it was very weird to see Turkey being this uh, disorganized like one to one they were fine but you know with Italy with Mancini there and his tactical know-how he knows how to break things down not using one particular player he will use passes and crosses and the shape and he was and uh, with uh, with Turkey not maintaining that straight back line yes you can have Soyuncu uh, beat one player but if that player passes to another player <laughs> You know, that, that's how they can get past the Turkish uh, uh, team. And uh, 
I, I brought this up in the last uh, last uh, podcast as well, where I said Aaron Ramsey was shocked by how easy it was to just run past the Turkish opponent. He thought he was offside. It was like, oh wait, I'm not offside. Wow, that, that's that's easy. so yeah. yeah um, and and I, the problem I, for I, Turkey is also that uh, not not just the defense was bad. I think they couldn't even build up their attack. Like as soon as they recovered the ball, they yeah. gave it away almost every match, almost yeah, every yeah. time. I, yeah, I think right. Chalvanoglu yeah. and Yilmaz couldn't do anything at all. I don't think Yilmaz had proper service throughout the tournament, yes. to be honest. Correct. Yeah, and the only time they scored a goal was like something uh, like an extra... It was a pretty good goal. It was a really good goal against Switzerland. Yeah. But see, it needed... like it, it wasn't a tactical thing. It was just one guy doing his magic. <laughs> uh, and the thing is, I did think Turkey... Uh, I'll give credit to Turkey in that uh, what, whatever they lacked in defense, they tried to attack. It's just that uh, you're up against Italians who are very good at defending. You're up against Switzerland, who I said that for the Italy game, are good defenders as well. Uh, think about Switzerland last time they had Johan Juru in their defense and they were still good in defense. That's how good Switzerland's defense was. <laughs> uh, um, and then Wales, as we all know, uh, now have a very good defense too, uh, limiting goals, uh, coming, uh, uh, limiting goals uh, with, their, uh, with Rodon and Ben Davis there. Um, and some other players, I don't know their names, but they all they all uh, did well in that Welsh back line. So that's sad for Turkey. They didn't have that one player to unlock. Whereas uh, each of the other teams, like uh, Switzerland and Wales, they had a they had a player to unlock that uh, that uh, that defense. So mm. unfortunate mm. for Turkey, but it's not shocking. So I can't really put Turkey as a disappointing team because I didn't expect them to qualify anyway. Okay. Right, uh, let's move on to Group B. Belgium, Denmark was a prediction and it did turn out as, as, as that. Belgium, Denmark qualified. Yeah, and it happened the 9-3-3-3. Uh, I've never <laughs> seen that before, so it was pretty cool to see that. Where, you know, three teams on three points. Um, the, 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 the thing about Denmark was that I, I still expected them to go through even after that Finland, uh, Finland defeat because I expected the loss to Belgium. Uh, <laughs> that game against Denmark, if you watch the highlights, that second goal, like there was some Kevin De Bruyne uh, assist that the Russian defenders gave uh, the Denmark uh, the Denmark attacker. You, uh, I think it was a, uh, I forgot his name. The, the oh, striker. Uh, they gave uh, it to Poulsen. Right? Poulsen. Yeah, Poulsen. Yes, yes. Yeah. Poulsen. So the, the when Rus- the Russian defender the way he assisted Poulsen that was um, that was some <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne vision right there. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> that uh, Russia's defense was horrible against Belgium against Denmark especially. Finland yeah. just. Finland was so scared. Like, come on, you, this was this Russian team was was there for the taking, and you have uh, you have Puki there. Uh, you could have you could have caused Russia some problem. And even yeah. in that game where Russia won, it was so uncomfortable playing being the being the team that had to play out play with the ball. You can tell like Russia are, in that twenty eighteen World Cup they were better when they sat back and they like come on come on Spain, break us down, break us down Spain. Or Saudi Arabia like bully these teams by giving them all the possession and then hitting them on counter attack. When when Finland did it to them, they were like, "Oh, I have to pass the ball and control the game. Oh, this is so uncomfortable." They still won the game because Finland were just you know uh, passive. But uh, uh, I, I totally expected Denmark. That's why I totally expected Denmark to win that game. And uh, uh, yeah, proven right. Although with a lower points tally than I expected. Yeah. And uh, I don't think that Denmark would. Go as far as I thought they would. Like I thought, I thought Denmark was a dark horse for the semi-finals. Uh, I think, I think Wales would would beat uh, Denmark uh, in the next round. 
Um, but you know, it's it's been a great tournament that uh for Denmark in the fact that you know for them to recover that badly, and although they lost games, right, I still rank them as like one of the best teams of the tournament. And uh, so yeah, uh, good job to Denmark for qualifying. Uh, uh and uh, even anything beyond this is a bonus for them now. Uh, because of what they've yeah, done. Think- and uh, with Belgium, I, I, I didn't talk much about because, yeah, it's yeah. expected for them to go through. So they just went through. <laughs> yeah, and, and speaking about Finland as well, uh, you mentioned how they were quite timid against Russia. They weren't brave enough. I thought they were, they did reasonably well against Belgium in the last match. Uh, although too little, too late. They probably should have tried that against Russia. Yes. Might have had more success. Yeah. But they did have... Uh, Solid game against uh, Belgium, I felt. Correct. Uh, Belgium unlocked them, of course. They had like better players. De Bruyne and Hazard came back as well for the match. So yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the thing about that game, right, was that yeah. Finland were actually, uh, were actually playing for a draw because they knew a draw was enough to get them second. Yeah. And uh, it they, it was going reasonably well. They defended really well against the Belgians. But the problem was that uh, that goalkeeper who was one of my favorite goalkeepers of the tournament, he, he's been saving Finland nonstop. Uh, he made the mistake. And sadly, like all his heroics for the previous game, saving a penalty and whatnot, it's all gone now because of that mistake. It was a very Rob Green mistake. And so that's why I think, uh, sadly, that's, that's our memory of him. And that, that opened the floodgates. After that, Finland said, shit, now we have to attack. <laughs> so now... Uh, that that opened them up. Uh, opened them up, and they considered that second goal. So yeah, that was unfortunate for Finland. But you know, the achievement for Finland was qualifying. So the fact that you know they finished third yeah. above yeah. Russia, you know, that's that's a that's an achievement already. That's true. Yeah. Okay, Group C. Uh, Cedric, your prediction was Netherlands and Ukraine. Instead, it was Netherlands and Austria mm-hmm. in the top two. But Ukraine did progress. Uh, what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on this group? Uh, so first things first is North Macedonia. It, zero points. But they really gave a good fight. Uh, it's only that last game against Netherlands, you can tell they run out of steam. Uh, but other than that, I thought they gave everyone a run for their money. Uh, no, one, no one got an easy game against North Macedonia. Uh, and Netherlands got an uh, uh, easy 45 minutes only. Um, for Ukraine, they were actually one of my best teams of the tournament if we looked at the first two games. Because they, they fought back against Netherlands. And they, uh, they, um, def- uh, they dominated that game against uh, North Macedonia. Although there was a nervy end uh, towards the end where North Macedonia did uh, was threatening a fight back, mm. but against Austria they were they were lackluster. Like that was very un-Ukraine. Like Ukraine is, is all about the attack, like uh, and and the great goals you know they scored against Netherlands. Uh, mm. um, later we'll, maybe if we talk about best match, that would be one of my favorite matches of the tournament, which is Netherlands three Ukraine two. But yeah, mm. against Austria, Austria didn't even do wasn't even playing that well. Like Austria was just after they scored that goal. Austria was like, "Oh yeah, we are second. We just, we just, we just hang back." It was Ukraine who were, who had to break them down, and they were very ineffective in doing so. Um, they need they uh, but you know it worked out better for Ukraine, I guess, because now Ukraine has an easier opponent. Uh, Austria has Italy, which uh, I think Italy will will uh will win that game easily. Um, but now they have Sweden. Sweden's not. An easy game per se, but you know, if you have a choice between Italy or Sweden, you'll take you'll take Sweden. Um, I think Sweden will win that also. But uh, if Ukraine finds the form of uh, how they played against North Macedonia and uh, Netherlands, then by by all uh, by uh, by all means, I think they can actually go forward. 
But you know, if if it's more of that performance against Austria, I think I think uh, Ukraine would would go out to Sweden. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, Netherlands is the same case as Belgium. You know, uh, uh, but Belgium we expected to go through. Netherlands also. It's just that uh, there was a there was a, a worry that you know they may actually uh, screw it up uh, with Frank the ball there, but uh, they've actually improved uh, because I didn't I didn't watch any of Netherlands matches before the tournament, so I didn't. Uh, but I heard like they were horrible with three at the back and whatnot. Here, when they uh, deployed the three at the back, they actually managed to get their uh, uh, fullbacks in front and uh, join the attack, and that's why you see like uh, stars in uh, the likes of Hum. Uh, uh, is his name Humphreys or Dumfries? Dumfries, right? Dumfries, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's right. So um, I, I think Netherlands has been one of the better teams in the tournament just because of the opponents they face. I think when they come up against a, a real team that can threaten their defense, that's where they're going to have problems. But it's smooth sailing for them. Uh, again, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, semi-finals or side friend the ball because they have no excuses for not reaching their semi-finals now especially when in their quarter it's them versus Czech and then after that they face the winner of Wales and Denmark so yeah it, they have to finish in the in the semi-finals no excuses mm. Arjun? Yeah that was, that's a very good um, analysis I guess as well um, yeah North Macedonia I think <laughs> although they finished on zero points I think they are, uh, they, them and Turkey are the only ones who have finished on zero points but I felt they did better than the likes of even Poland, who finished on one point. Uh, maybe even Russia. Um, yeah, given that not the expectations of North Macedonia were not existent, uh, I think they were expected to be dominated by all three teams in the group. So yeah, that, that, that's the only thing I would like to say from Group C. Uh, uh, yeah, and I will agree with Arjun that you know all those zero points, they are better than teams that uh, got more points to them, like uh, Russia, Finland, uh, uh, Poland. Yeah, North Macedonia played better than all of them. Okay, um, let's move on to Group D. Your prediction was England and Croatia, and it, it did turns out that way. England and Croatia yeah, uh, qualify in the top two. Yeah. Uh, Scotland, a lot of heart, but they they were knocked out in this group stage. Yep. Um. So the thing with uh, Scotland was that we did expect them to to be last. Like at least I did. Like the British media was hyping uh, uh Scotland up as as British media usually do to their own British teams. Um, but uh, yeah, I expected them to be where they are. Uh, the good, the highlight for them would be that nil-nil draw against England because you know when you, when you're a smaller team, and I've been I've been in that position before where you're the smaller team in the in the in the in the area. Uh, that you know your your job is just to annoy your your team. Uh, uh, sorry, annoy your your neighbors. So they were able to do that as the highlight. And actually, in that last game against uh, Croatia, they they weren't expecting that revived Croatia. So I think that caught them off guard. Uh, their defense was uh, not ready for for uh, for that uh, Croatian attack, um, because for the most of the tournament, Croatia's uh, attack has been very toothless. It's uh, with Rabish up front, who isn't really the most prolific striker out there, and even in the the latest match, like uh, it, uh, I forgot who started in that last match against Scotland for Croatia, but uh, he wasn't. I don't think that that striker did much. Also, but it was a uh, Vlasic, I think. Uh, the, the center uh, attacker behind the it, it was uh, really Vlasic and Petkovic. Ah, Petkovic. Yeah, but Petkovic, he, did he score? I can't remember. Oh, no, I know he Vlasic didn't. scored. Vlasic and yeah, Vlasic yeah. and Modric scored. Mm, yes, that's right. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, with, uh, with uh, Vlasic and Petkovic, so although Petkovic didn't score, 
uh, the fact that you know uh, it was a fresh uh, fresh uh, pair of legs in the tournament, and uh, they really troubled that Scottish defense, and that's why they they con uh, Scotland's considered three goals against uh, uh, those three scorers that you mentioned just now. So you know if this Croatia carries on, then uh, I I can see them causing a trouble to uh, to Spain. But you know I didn't expect Spain to be second. Well, we'll get to Spain in Group E. So, uh, but you know, we didn't expect them to be second. And so, I think Croatia goes out now. But you know, if they had faced the uh, the Sweden or the Poland team, uh, who was supposed to be second, I think uh, I think uh, um, uh, Croatia would have uh, uh, gone further in this tournament. But I think they'll go out now because uh, just as they were fi they are finding form, uh, uh, Spain is also finding form. Um, mm. Yeah. So, uh, I think Croatia uh, deserve to go through. Based on that last performance, and Scotland, yeah, sorry, uh, uh, I I did expect you to be last, so it's not really a shock or a disappointment that you did finish last. Yeah. Um, so so to start off, uh, I I guess I'll start off with England. Um, I I think if, despite England topping the group, I was quite disappointed with their performances. They only scored two goals across three matches, and for someone who topped the group, I think that's really bad, and I don't think that's good at all ahead of uh, their knockout round. Uh, meeting with Germany. Yes, uh, the saving grace is that their defence has been really solid. They, have, they didn't concede any goals. I think only Italy can say the same. But having said that, I think that attack has to start scoring goals soon. Uh, two goals in three matches is not good enough at all. And they didn't face any opponents uh, with the calibre of Belgium or France or Germany. And yet they didn't score that many goals. So I, I think that's a real worry for them. So I think out of all the teams that topped the group, England was probably the most disappointing for me. Uh, and then moving on to Scotland, I think despite being bottom of the group, uh, yes, uh, like, you, uh, like Cedric mentioned, the British media were hyping them up, but I didn't expect much from them either. Uh, despite having some uh, players who played regularly in the Premier League, uh, I thought they had a decent squad, but I think they had spells of good performances. They just weren't uh, enough for them to like get the points they needed. For example, against Czech Republic, I thought they played quite well. It was a very good match. Uh, I think when we spoke about it before, I said they dominated the match, uh, but they were undone by Czech Republic's two moments of brilliance. And then, of course, against England, it was a very good nil-nil draw. I think it put them in a good position going into the third match day. But yeah, they didn't expect a resurgent Croatia uh, Modric masterclass for Croatia. He led uh, the Croatia team to victory, completely swept aside Scotland. I think Scotland had no answer for Croatia. Yes, they did score, but I, yeah, it wasn't enough. And ultimately, probably uh, deserved last place, although one of the better performing last place teams, I would say, in this Euros. Um, and yeah, Croatia saved themselves at the last possible uh, time. And Czech Republic uh, played pretty well. They have been quite solid. Uh, they scored goals when it mattered, and yeah, they qualified as well in third. So I think overall, uh, other than England, I think it's uh, in Croatia are disappointed at the beginning. England, I think, to recap, has been disappointing, even though they topped the group. They got the results, but their attack is just not good enough. Yeah, good point. Um, okay, let's move on to Group E. Uh, Cedric, your prediction of Spain and Poland, and it turns out that Sweden will top the group and Spain in close second. Um, your thoughts? So I'm going to start with Poland first because of the 16 teams that I predicted to qualify, 15 did. So the one team that didn't was actually Poland. So instead it was, uh, it was Austria. 
for uh, for Poland. Um, the thing with uh, Poland is that they are this whole actually not just Poland, but this whole group is just a bunch of self-sabotaging teams. Uh, Poland, Sweden, uh, no, Sweden was fine. Poland, Spain, and Slovakia all had moments of self-sabotage, whether it's getting a red card or uh, scoring own goals or missing penalties. You know. Um, it's insane that everyone in this team was just trying to lose except Sweden. So that's why Sweden will top the group easily. But Poland was really, really underwhelming. Like after that, that, uh, that World Cup uh, where they finished, uh, I think they finished last. Yeah, they did. They finished last, although they were in pot one. So usually in your, if you're in pot one, it means that you're the, you're the strongest team in the group. And they were last from being in pot one. So I'm like, okay, um, they, they have to bounce back in this tournament. And, and it, there's less pressure on them here because they're not in pot one. Uh, Spain was the, the pot one team. And yet, uh, they faltered again. You know, how did, that, that loss to Slovakia who had to qualify through the, uh, the Nations League playoff thing. And, you know, I, I can't believe that uh, Poland is, has been as bad as they were, uh, especially in that game. And that game proved to be very vital. Had they won that game, you know, that spirited performance against Spain would would have been uh would have been a uh, a great uh uh would have been great for them um to qualify, and then you know if they lost against Sweden, so what you know at least they would have they would have had four points. So that that game against Slovakia it was just one game, but that really cost them. Like I don't think the Sweden uh, by by the time they they drew with Spain and they 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 lost to Sweden in that three uh, two game, um it was too late already. The damage was done in that game against Slovakia. Yeah. Yes. Um, so they are my biggest disappointment uh, by far. Uh, but again, I have to give credit to Sweden because they're the only team that didn't have that self-sabotage tendency. Um, and to us, they are like a lesser France in a way. Uh, what I mean by that is that they also show that they can play in different ways. They can sit back and defend and soak up pressure like they did against Spain. And then uh, they can go out and attack and be open like they did against uh, uh, uh uh, against Poland. Um, the only problem is that Isak, I know a lot of people love Isak. Uh, for me, Isak has been, uh, he's good at attacking, but he's not the, uh, he, he's not very good in like finishing. So you can see, I think he has zero goals, right? Uh, uh, because he's good in getting the, he's, he's almost like a Jack Grealish. He's good in getting into the right positions, uh, but uh, he doesn't score at the end. So that would be something worrying for Sweden. Uh, but at least they have other players who can score like Forsberg, uh, who has uh, three goals in this tournament now. So that's good. Um, yeah, and uh, the, I'll finish off with Spain, who have been underwhelming. But I did expect them to beat Slovakia. Uh, by 5-0, probably not. But I did expect a comprehensive win. And now they're second. And uh, by being second, they have actually ended up in that French side of the draw. So my final of uh, France versus Spain is not going to happen. But uh, there was, there's going to be a meeting between Laporte and France. So that's going to be an interesting story in the quarterfinals. Uh, yeah, but I don't see them uh, going far after that because I think France, I think France would, would beat uh, would beat Spain. Uh, for, uh, so mm. uh, sad for Spain for finishing second. Um, they ruined it themselves. So again, this group was just a bunch of self sabotages. <laughs> yeah, totally agree with Cedric. That um, I, it was definitely a surprise that Sweden topped the group, but um, yeah, definitely that's because of Spain performing uh, worse than expected. Uh, not getting the results against Poland and Sweden that probably everyone would have expected them to get. Uh, talking about Poland as well, too little, too late, like Cedric said, 
Lewandowski came alive only in the last match, but not, it wasn't enough. Uh, lost to Sweden 3-2. Talking about Slovakia, I thought Dubravka had a, a, like three or four very good saves before they conceded the first goal against Spain. I, I was watching the highlights and I thought, wow, Dubravka is playing really well. How on earth did he lose final? And then I saw the first goal going and I was like, oh, that's how. He had a shock after that. I think they crumbled. Like after the first goal, he made a mistake. I think uh, another two goals he, he could have prevented easily. Yeah, the defense and the Dubravka totally crumbled against Spain. I think that really helped Spain as well uh, on, the, on their way to the 5 0 victory. Not, not just because Spain were ruthless as well. Okay, uh, thanks, Arjun. Um, let's move on to our last group, Group F. Uh, Cedric, your prediction was France and Portugal, top two. It ends up as France and Germany in the top two. What are your thoughts on this? Yes. Uh, so, Portugal in that group have been the. Uh, they, they only. They have been kind of underwhelming. Like, it's very weird that we talked about how great uh, Portugal were, but then uh, they ended up uh, being this Ronaldo team still. Like, you have Bruno Fernandes, you have Bernardo Silva, you have all these great players, and yet you're still a Ronaldo team at the end of the day. So that, that's very disappointing. But they got through, and they won the last tournament finishing third. And uh, they won, uh, that tournament, they got three points, so now they have four points. So progress, in a way. Uh, but now it sets up a, a very tense encounter in that round of 16 with, uh, with Belgium, which uh, I think uh, Belgium would, would win, especially if Portugal defend against Lukaku the same way they defended against uh, uh, Germany. Ruben Diaz has been shocking in this tournament. I don't know why. Maybe that, 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 that Champions League final uh, haunted him or something. But yeah, he's been horrible in this tournament. I, I, uh, and the, everyone in the Portuguese team is kind of underwhelming except for Ronaldo. Maybe Bernardo Silva and Jota, maybe. Um, but yeah, everyone else has been very, very underwhelming. Um, uh, Germany, very, very, uh, very close call. Almost, almost lost that game against Hungary. Uh, I thought they played relatively well against uh, France, and then they, they, of course, they won that game against Portugal. Um, but they almost screwed up. So I think there's a way for England to to get at this uh, uh, German defense. But G England has to be strong. And uh, they can't they can't play that that wide game of like crossing in because in, uh, Germany has very strong fullbacks. You have to you have to attack the core, which is a run at that 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 uh, uh, that center defense because Matus Hummel is uh, he's not fully fit, and he has made some mistakes in this tournament. So there is vulnerability there. Um, so England probably needs to play like a Jack Grealish against Germany uh, to 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 win that game. Uh, I actually, I'm going to go for a shock result. I think England will win that game against Germany. Uh, uh, and because of, uh, I think England will just score one goal and then just keep defending and then Germany will get frustrated. Uh, um, but, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Germany go through. I'm just, I'm just going for the shock result. Uh, yeah. And plus, Germany doesn't have, a, they don't have a Kante. So that's why they have uh, attacking players like uh, Ilkay Gundogan or, or Tony, Tony Cruz who can help in attack. They are forced to defend. Like, because there's no Kante there. So again, you know, if you have a Jack Grealish there to waltz past the centre midfield and the defence, I think England stand a chance. And for France, uh, finishing on five points sounds underwhelming, but they have uh, they face tough opponents. So uh, it, it makes sense for them to finish on five points. And they've been doing, uh, they, they, they've performed relatively well uh, in, most, uh, in most of the games. Um, a bit underwhelming, given that you're the favorites and you're not the best team in the tournament so far, which is Italy. So 
uh, that's the only thing I would say about France. But you know, the best team never wins the tournament. Uh, so uh, there's still a chance for France to go through, and they have an easy draw now against Switzerland. So whoever wins that would, uh, uh, sorry, they'll win, they'll win that, and then they'll probably beat Spain or Croatia either way. So their first real challenge would be uh, be Italy when it comes to the round of 16. The first challenge would be Italy or Belgium, and uh, I, I think they are still on track. Uh, whoever wins that Italy and France game would probably win the tournament. Yeah, that's a, a pretty good recap of Group F as well. Uh, I think it, it lived up to its billing as a group of death. Even Hungary played its part in it. Uh, speaking of Hungary, I think they were the best of the teams to finish last in this tournament. Uh, they got two points from the group of death containing France, Germany and Portugal, which is really impressive uh, for, for a team which is not a top team. Uh, Zalai scored a really good diving hitter against Germany as well in the last uh, game. I, th- I think that was one of uh, the better, one, one of the, one of the most beautiful goals in the tournament as well. Uh, yeah, France was were a bit underwhelming. They only won one of the games. They drew against Hungary and they drew against uh, Germany as well. Eh, sorry, they drew against Portugal as well. They beat Germany but not very convincing. Uh, it was just through an own goal. So uh, I think this France team is weaker than the one in the 2018 World Cup. I, I, I felt like the, 20, the team in the 2018 World Cup was more dominant, uh, despite that team also not winning games through big margins. Uh, this German team rescued themselves at the last minute, although they didn't, they haven't really put in bad performances. It's just that they couldn't, the, the ball just didn't go in for them against France. They didn't create enough chances as well, but they rectified that against Portugal brilliantly. Uh, exploited Ruben Diaz, exploited Semedo, exploited Guerrero, uh, scored four goals, but they almost screwed it up against a brilliant Hungary team, almost lost against Hungary and finished bottom of the group. But yeah, that's how tight this group is. Portugal, as Cedric mentioned, I thought their attack was horrible, other than Ronaldo. Uh, they have really good attack. It's just nobody is clicking. Bruno Fernandes isn't able to find anyone in attack. He's not able to get involved. Bernardo Silva has been decent, but in patches. Jota is the same as well. Only Ronaldo has really shined through and dragged this Portugal team through to even third place, I would say. And yeah, Portugal's defense has been shocking. Midfield for the first two games, I thought it was pretty bad. Uh, I, I think I mentioned in one of the earlier episodes that I don't think Danilo and Cavalho offers anything. So as soon as Sanchez and Coutinho came in for the last game, uh, I thought Portugal looked a lot better in midfield. Yeah, so it will be interesting to see who Portugal plays in midfield going forward. Okay, I think that's pretty well covered by both of you. I think that concludes today's discussion. Cedric, anything to add? Uh, nope, just to say uh, thanks for having me back again. So who do you think will win after the group stage? Just a quick prediction. Uh, I'm still going to go with France, but now I think Italy has uh, is the best team of the tournament, so they could win. Okay. All right, um, listeners, if you have any comments about our episode, please do leave us a DM on our Instagram. My Instagram handle is at Stephen underscore rock underscore O-N. Arjun's Instagram handle is at Ruven Arjun. Once again, thank you, Cedric, for joining us. Thanks. Okay. Um, once again, this podcast is brought to you by Mr. Boy SG and Starstruck Bakery. We'll see you again next time. Everyone, bye-bye.